Tits up is both an expression used when things have gone terribly wrong and a phrase coined as a rallying cry to stand up straight, own the stage, and knock them dead. There are few things in this world that can make your life go tits up more quickly than a breast cancer diagnosis, especially for adolescent and young adult women. This podcast is meant to give us AYAs, a feeling of community, understanding, and power, helping us to walk into each day with a feeling of tits up. We are not medical professionals and we are not giving medical advice. Everyone's experience with cancer is very different. And just because we did something one way does not mean that it is necessarily the way that you should do it. If you have any questions about your health and well-being, please contact your doctor. Hello out there to our lovely listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Tits Up, the podcast where we tackle breast cancer with humor, sometimes grace, and a mild smattering of sarcasm, cursing, and sass. I'm Sam. And I'm Megan. Listeners, today we have kind of a spicy topic for you. We are deep diving into those well-intentioned, but sometimes not so helpful things that people say when you're battling breast cancer. Plus, we're going to hit you with some facts and statistics about breast cancer in women under 40. So grab your favorite cozy blanket, a cup of tea, or something stronger, and let's get started. Ah, yes. The unsolicited advice and the cliche comments. I cannot tell you how many times someone has told me to stay positive during treatment as if that alone is a cure. Oh, yes. I know that all too well, Megan. It's like saying, don't worry, you're just fighting a life-threatening illness, but all you need is a sunny disposition and it'll magically disappear. Cancer doesn't work that way, everybody. No, it sure doesn't. Uh, Our first not-so-helpful thing that people tend to say to other people with cancer is stay positive. Can we put that to rest, people? Right. And then there's the classic, I know someone who had cancer and they tried this natural remedy and they're completely cured now. Megan, didn't someone tell you to drink carrot carrot juice like it's some magic elixir? It was kale. Kale juice. Oh, my Apparently (laughs) kale holds all the superpowers. I mean, uh, cancer is a complex disease and while a healthy lifestyle can help, it's not a replacement for medical treatment. You know, get, get the chemo still, if that's what your doctor says. And also add some kale, I suppose. But if it was as simple as juicing kale and eating some carrots, no one would be dying out here of this disease. And as horrible as that juice combo sounds, I would imagine it's far more palatable than chemo, surgery, radiation, medically induced menopause, etc., etc. Another fun one that I got was essential oils. <laughs> as if, I, I mean, it was presented to me not as a, hey, this can help to calm you if you're, you know, having a bad day, have a little bit of lavender oil. This was like, Somebody threw it out to me as an actual cure. Now, of course, didn't God you knows, know? right? You would, you would think, you would think that that would pop up first when I'm googling. Jesus Christ, I have breast cancer. Help! Um, 
I mean, God knows I rock the essential oils almost every day in my office. I try to just vibe out while I'm working. Um, but there, there was never the thought that this was going to cure my cancer, you know, lavender oil, tea tree oil, all of that is lovely. And it at least made my unshowered and just operated on body smell better. But, uh, I think that's about maybe as far as that goes. Right. And let's not forget about the infamous, everything happens for a reason. Oh, doesn't that one make your blood boil? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I always picture that meme with Cardi B. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but she's like in an interview and she just starts clapping and she's like, what was the reason? Yeah. What was the reason? (laughs) And that is absolutely how I feel with that one. I mean, no one deserves cancer and it's not part of some divine plan. It is biology. It's not destiny. Um, I, I think that humans are resilient. And if we are able to find some sort of positivity from this, which I am very much still struggling with, um, then, you know, fantastic. But I don't think that there is a specific reason that this happens to one person versus another. Um, I, a quick little story about that nonsense. So when my mom had breast cancer the first time I was in middle school or maybe a freshman in high school. And my parents had me going to this small private Christian school, which, you know, I mean, if everybody has, you know, their religion or their anti-religion that they follow, I do not personally ascribe to it anymore. Um, but I do think that you know, it has its own value. That's a whole different topic for another day. But being at this Christian school, we had to have our uh, Bible class, our religion class, in addition to all the other classes that we were taking. And I remember I was already an angsty teenager and my mom was sick at home with cancer. And pretty much everybody at the school knew that in some way, shape or form that she had cancer. And I was sitting in Bible class and the teacher, who's just this old shitty man. Um, I remember him starting to say that people get cancer or people get AIDS or people get, you know, really horrible diseases as some sort of punishment for something that they've done. And um, where I normally was just doing my best to sleep through classes, that one woke me right up. Um, I asked a few questions. He responded in ways that I did not quite appreciate. I remember standing, (laughs) standing up and flipping my desk over and just cursed him out a whole bunch, got sent down to the principal's office. Um, They called my dad. My dad asked what happened. And then he said, yeah, I stand behind my kid on that one. That's a dumb thing to say. And he really shouldn't be saying things like that. Maybe you change that sort of the curriculum question mark. Um, But, you know, I think when people usually say everything happens for a reason, I think they do mean it from a 
positive perspective, like, oh, I know that this sucks, but something good will come from it, right? I think that's kind of the colloquial way that people use that. But people do sometimes come at it from the angle of, well, what did you do to cause this? What, um, you know, were you smoking? Were you sinning? Were you doing a number of other things that can cause cancer? And you know, of course there are lifestyle choices that can contribute in some way, shape or form, or at at least not really help you out, but never does anybody deserve this. And I do not believe that, you know, if there were a God that they would smite people with cancer (laughs) because they did something wrong. So, um, needless to say, there wasn't much paying attention in those classes for me from there on out for the rest of my high school career yeah i'm surprised i would have like been removed or something megan f that guy (laughs) i no i lost my shit i was like already not okay my mom was like at home throwing up bald miserable you know i was uh, my dad didn't get home until much later than i got home each day so i would rush home and find different ways to help take care of her and you know and then to go to school and have somebody say well yeah i mean she must have somehow brought this on herself because that's what god does right he basically said oh she deserved it or she did something to get it which is just um wretched right even when you do smoke for 30 years you're not thinking that i'm going to get cancer lung cancer because of that right you're thinking about the guy who smoked till he was a hundred years old who didn't get it and so and i had a grandma that smoked for decades upon decades and when she did finally die it was not from lung cancer you know i mean of course like like i was saying like be as healthy as you can be but some people just have genetic predispositions to some diseases more than others and apparently we are all very predisposed especially having this nonsense kick in prior to 40 years old you know sometimes you just get the short end of the stick and you gotta do the best that you can with it and you know sometimes your best is not all that great and that's okay mine for many months was not that great it was just getting through it showing up to the doctor's appointments and you know trying not to cry consistently or be horribly horribly depressed sometimes that's just about as much as you can do Right. I used to uh, definitely be the person who said, oh, if I can't give 150 to 200 percent to 300 percent to cover for all these other people and myself, you know, I just shouldn't do it at all. Now (laughs) I have adapted the mindset that if I only have 30 percent or 40 percent, if I show up to that 30 or 40 percent, I'm giving 100 percent because yes, it's all I have. And your best varies. Yeah, your best varies from day to day. A lot of the time, I am just thrilled that I even showed up to work. (laughs) And then what happens while I'm there is up to the gods, you know, just doing my best. And you cannot compare what your best was pre-cancer to what your best is now. Um, You know, someday you might 
blossom back into the person that you were and everything will be like cancer never happened. And for that's not necessarily the case for me, you know, I mean, I have days where, you know, I, as I've mentioned before, I'm an attorney, I'm just trying to get my billable hours in um, and not have a meltdown on people. And sometimes I'm very proud of myself for that. And then there are other days I kill it. Um, and it's, I think so much about just learning that patience with yourself and not seeing this new way. Um, I hate saying your new normal. That's just such like a cliche and overused term. <laughs> and it doesn't really tell you exactly what we are talking about here, but you know, that the new way that you approach life and work and relationships and all of that, um, it does change. And I don't think it necessarily changes for the worst. You know, if there's something in the back of my mind that says, Hey woman, you need to calm down today. Just get through the day, go home and watch some mindless TV later. Cause that's all you've got. Then that's what I've got for that day. And other days I might work till 10 PM cause I'm just cranking it out. Right. Yeah, I definitely think that's a misconception, especially when you're when you have cancer under 40, even when you do feel okay, um, because there's been times where I feel great 150 or 100% two days out of the week, but the other five days, I am gas, there is only about 20% of my, you know, total available energy available for the day. But I, at least I have felt like I don't have the availability to say no, because people don't necessarily view me as sick anymore or that there's something wrong with me. And I think that especially kind of ties into our title, like at least you have the good kind because people expect, oh, breast cancer is the most known cancer. There's so much money behind it. You get your boobs chopped off, get a boob job, and then you're done. No big deal. You know, it's almost like a benefit, really, if you think about it. <laughs> I mean, we, we should all be so lucky. I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, I just feel like I haven't always had the availability, even when I've been sick, to say no and feel comfortable with that because it kind of brings us to our next point. People will look at us and say, you don't look sick at all. Uh, and it's kind of a backhanded compliment, uh, making us feel like we have to kind of prove how sick we are or how we feel. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, I'm in my 20s, Megan's in her 30s. Even when we are sick, we're going to look a whole lot better than somebody that is sick in their 80s. I don't mean yeah. that to be vain. That's not at all what I mean. Uh, what I mean is that there's a whole different life kind of situation happening when you're 40 and under versus 60 and over 80 and over any of those things and it's not really taken into account because like i said you're you don't visibly have wrinkles maybe or you don't have a cane or something of that you're fine you don't look sick i think right. Blair was you're actually talking about that <laughs> in yeah, her episode so she was you know you are mobile um sometimes we lose our hair sometimes we don't and i do think that that's like the quintessential thing that people look at when they're, you know, talking to or looking at cancer patients, you know, I mean, if somebody is not bald, then, oh, they must be doing just fine. Or this must have been a long time ago that they had it. And you're like, oh, no, no, I'm breaking down completely every single day. I feel like absolute dog shit. 
Um, no part of me is okay, but I guess thanks. I don't look like complete hell. I mean, it, I think it's important to remember that cancer doesn't always come with a quote unquote sick look. Um, so general public, <laughs> let's keep our judgments and comments in check. I longed for the simple comment of just Megan, that sucks so bad. I'm really sorry to hear that you're going through that. Something that just acknowledges that the situation is fucked. There is not much more that can be done about it from their perspective and from their end, but they see you, they see your pain. They understand that, you know, there isn't much that they can do, but you know, <laughs> that, that might lead into the next thing, which is, you know, like we talked about, um, the other day, which is just, you know, well, let me know if there's anything I can do to help. <laughs> oh yeah. In your way, uh, right? Right. Help us in your way, whatever tends to work out best for you. If anybody's listening to this and they are a caregiver or they know somebody that has recently been diagnosed with any sort of cancer, but breast cancer in particular, ask that person, um, you know, what specifically they want or need. And if they tell you, oh God, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just need to sleep on the couch or I just need to have some time to myself, figure out something on your own volition. You know, if they have kids, maybe swing by and say, you know, I'm just, I'm going to take the kids out to a movie. You go take a much needed nap or bring some food or, you know, come up with something on your own. Maybe put yourself in their shoes as much as possible and say, what would be really helpful for me if I was this person and I had nothing left to give. Right. I think people really miss the mark with that, especially because they do try to help in their own way. And like you, I've said to so many people, oh, what's wrong? What can I do? Just acknowledge the fact that this sucks, right? And there's really nothing you can do. You can drop off dinner so I don't have to worry about feeding myself amidst worrying about if the cells in my body, you know, are producing more cancer cells, right? Because that's right. pretty much what your focus is on until you have your surgery, at least for me, even while I was doing chemo. I felt my lump every day. I measured it. I was like, okay, if if it's not shrinking, it's spreading. <laughs> it's not that God. I meant to be that way, right? It was just, that was my mentality. And I feel like that's what you're faced with, almost like the fear of reoccurrence. And I think that people think that, again, whenever you get your boobs chopped off and that boob job, no, we know it's not a boob job. I'm saying that with air quotes and a very <laughs> satirical- heavy, heavy air quotes. Humor around it, right? Um, because that's, that is what people think. Um, and whether you've chosen a flat closure reconstruction, people still think like, oh, you know, like, it's not that bad, you know, which I honestly don't understand because cancer is cancer, right? We don't downplay skin cancer because it's skin cancer. So I'm not sure why we glorify and also downplay breast cancer. And by the way, in terms of all the pink washing and breast cancer awareness because this episode will be coming out at the end of October. 
a lot of that money does not go to where you think it is. And when you see a company out there advertising their pink sweatshirt or their pink shirt, um, ask them where they are donating to and how much money especially see in a lot of cases companies have already donated a certain amount of money and you're just paying the company back their contribution so be very very careful and only about four percent of all of those breast cancer funds go to metastatic breast cancer like research so keep that in mind um because that is a large large percentage of women no, I mean, I was going to say, if you've, if you've got money to spend on a product or an item and people are pink washing the shit out of it and saying, oh, well, we'll give a certain percentage to Susan G. Komen or something like that. Again, you know, well-received. I see what you're doing there, but maybe, maybe just give that hundred bucks to somebody that is going through it. You know, I mean, it, they're we're going to have an entire episode on just the financial side of cancer, but it is overwhelming. I mean, I was talking to a lady the other day and she had breast cancer with double mastectomy and chemo and the works, um, about six years ago. And she's still paying back medical bills. <clears throat> like it, yeah. it's, it's not right. It's not fair. How, this country handles um the medical field but maybe that is that's that's a tangent for another right. episode <laughs> i won't do yeah that and today. we're not trying to shame anybody that's bought in a pink shirt or anything we know that your intentions are in the right place we're just asking you to take that one extra step maybe and see where it goes and maybe if you don't like that response then maybe you give that money to somebody in your life or ask somebody else in your life if they know somebody that has cancer and could benefit because $50 is a meal somebody doesn't have to worry about. $100 could be somebody to come pick up your laundry and clean your dishes because you just physically don't have the energy because you're taking care of a child because, oh wait, when you get cancer under 40 and you have children, nobody comes and takes those children off of your hands. Your spouse doesn't stop working. No. So be mindful of all of that is all we're saying, I think. Yeah. And if you don't want to give straight cash, do a DoorDash or an Uber Eats gift card or something like that goes a really long way too. We had um, uh, my brother-in-law gave us a really, really nice DoorDash uh, gift card and that carried us through pretty much um surgery until I had to start, um, you know, getting the expanders filled. And especially when you can't, you know, you've got your T-Rex arms and you can't really do much around the house. There is, uh, there is so much to be said for a nice meal just showing right. up at your door. I definitely echo that. Definitely cannot argue or dispute any type of meal or cleaning service. I know that kind of makes people uncomfortable, but if you ask that person, maybe, Hey, is there something I could do? I have no issue with anybody folding my towels. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't feel free. <laughs> None whatsoever. It's the vulnerability of going through cancer just lowers so many of those walls 
that you have up like, oh no, I can handle this. Or I don't want somebody else in my home helping with this. Like I remember I called one of my best girlfriends, Laura, and I was in tears one day and it wasn't because I was fresh out of surgery or something. I was just horribly depressed and I had been horribly depressed for a significant amount of time. And what tends to happen when I am feeling depressed and unmotivated and like, what is the point of any of this? My laundry starts to pile up and so do the dishes. And I called her and I was like, I know for a fact that this is not what you want to do on a Saturday, but you told me to reach out if I need anything. And will you come and just help me fold laundry? <laughs> and bless her heart. I love her so much. She drove 45 minutes over to my house and just hung out with me and folded all of my laundry and hung things up while I sat on the bed and we watched like keeping up with the Kardashians or something just mindless and just found ways to chat and talk. And to this day, she was like, I, I cannot tell you how happy I was that you called me to do that. I needed something to do and I didn't know what to do. So even if you know that that's probably the last thing somebody wants to do, People that love you will right. do it's it. It's that <laughs> unconditional part that comes in, I really think, because again, it goes back to people wanting to help you in your way. Great. Calling me and asking me how how I am to fill that guilt void for you is great, but that does nothing for the individual. So keep no. that in mind, everybody. Right. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Uh, now that we've had our little rant, let's kind of shift gears into some hardcore facts and statistics about women under 40 having breast cancer and breast cancer in women under 40. Megan, take it away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we all know that breast cancer is most often associated with older women. Um, but since we're all here, it's clear that it affects younger women as well. Um, I think that the um, statistic that you and I, Sam, saw the other day said that 11, approximately 11% 11 of all new breast cancer cases in the U.S. occur in women under 40. Um, I saw a similar statistic, but from a few years ago, and it said like 4 or 5%, but this also tells me that this is, you know, the percentage is growing and you see all the pamphlets that say like, oh, at 40, maybe at that point, bring up to your doctor about getting a mammogram. But if you don't have the gene and you don't have a family history, you're probably fine until 50, right? No, 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 no. We're like, we're not playing that game anymore. If you, if you think that or if you just have a concern, you don't have to have a family history. You don't have to have the BRCA gene. If you're just concerned about it, bring it up to your doctor, have them uh, write you a referral and go get the mammogram and an ultrasound. If they tell you no, that doesn't mean that's the end of the road. You just scrap that doctor and you go get a new one that will support you in that. There are so many doctors, mine included, my OBGYN, that if she found out that I wasn't getting a mammogram and an ultrasound on time, um, at least once a year, she would personally start hounding me to go in and get it. 
those are the doctors and the type of support from your medical team that you want in your life. Oh, yeah. Additionally, just insult to injury over here. There is no, there's currently no effective breast cancer screening tool for women under 40 other than the mammogram and the ultrasound. And the ultrasound is so important because, you know, some women just have dense breast tissue till the day they die, but primarily younger women, we just have more dense breast tissue. And, you know, my story was my mammogram didn't catch it. It was the ultrasound that caught it. So if you are going to go in and you do have a doctor that's supporting you in that, make sure that you ask for the ultrasound as well. Right. And if you have any family history or any concern, even if you are 100% sure it's not cancer, still go to the doctor anyway, because the way I see it is any abnormal lump that wasn't in your body previously probably shouldn't be there and warrants at least getting checked out and especially with you know the statistic that megan just read and with her saying a few years ago it was only about you know four or five percent ladies we're double that like that the hype is here are we gonna wait for this to become a 20 percent case of all new breast cancers because when when that does happen hopefully it doesn't but if and when it does almost all of the studies that we have are not geared towards us and it will take a long time to get those results out and effective treatments for us to add insult to injury younger women often have more aggressive types of breast cancer which makes early detection and treatment crucial Uh, About 80% of all breast cancers in women under 40 are found by women themselves. What does that mean? Well, let me break that down. There is no screening in women under 40, you know, unless you have an established family history or something of the sort. That being said, these women are finding their own cancer, 80% of them, from their own self-examination and palpable lump. How are we going to get ahead of this if we're not finding it till we already have it and are behind it? Behind it? It's really easy to say, yeah, we're fighting this, we're treating this, we're doing this, but we have no idea why it's popping up and women are finding their own cancer. I just, I I have a serious concern with that. And, you know, for the future women of, and obviously men as well who get breast cancer, but just population as a whole for cancer in general, if we are detecting it ourselves at the first instinct or sign of it, I have a serious concern with that. Yeah. And God forbid it be on your chest wall like mine was, and you can't even feel it. (laughs) You know, I mean, mine would have grown and grown and grown. And by the time that I felt it, I would have been much, much, much farther along. I mean, I can't obviously say what stage it would have been, but it would have been much more than 1B, right? <laughs> which it was. Which also comes with a slew of other things, you know, um, and I don't think you can really prepare yourself with that, even with it being close to your chest wall now, Megan. There's still that, you know, fear, I'm sure of it making its home right back to where it was comfortable because your 
chest obviously is still right. intact and your sternum. Well, yeah. I mean, that's always my biggest fear, like with the recurrence, because, you know, they, they took out as much breast tissue as possible. But as we've mentioned before, you know, doctors are not able to get every last breast tissue cell. Um, they get most of it, 98, 99%, but there is still some there. And my concern, I always find myself like at night, instead of doing like a self breast exam, cause like I don't have them anymore. <laughs> this is, I always find myself like trying to almost put my fingers on my chest under my implant and seeing if I can feel anything. And, you know, I'm always going and getting checked and I have my regular checkups now. And this is me totally being a hypochondriac, but I don't know how you're not a hypochondriac after this, you know, I mean, you weren't supposed to get it in the first place and you were young to begin with, then who's to say that, you know, these things aren't going to come back. And I don't mean to be bringing that up to give uh, more anxiety to an already anxiety filled situation. Um, it's that's just at least where my head is at. And I know that, you know, a lot of other women are in the same boat. You know, I, I don't want it to come back under my implant. I can't feel it. And then it metastasizes to other places. Um, so for all the, uh, rosy cheeked, doe eyed, lucky duck women who have not been diagnosed with breast cancer at this point, remember to push, 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 regardless of your, um, gene status, regardless of whether or not you have a family history, push to go get those mammograms and those ultrasounds, um, worst case scenario which is your best case scenario is you don't have anything. And now you just have a baseline. Now your doctors know what your breasts look like when they are normal. So that if you ever come back and they look different, now we know that they are abnormal. Um, you know, you're, you're not invincible and it's, it's so difficult to feel like you're not invincible as a young woman. Um, you know, we always think that those, terrible things that are going to happen to us if they're going to happen to us are going to be when we are older we have our feet underneath us we have financial stability um you know a, a partner or a spouse to help out during it and it's just not not always the case with us um so if you have not been diagnosed i i will echo it again and again and again go get tested go get the mammogram and the ultrasound and for all of you out there that have already been diagnosed, my battle-tested and emotionally hardened friends out there, I know for a fact that you are not forgetting to get anything checked at this point. Um, there's, it, It's really the only control that I feel in a very uncontrolled situation is making sure that it is not coming back. I was just telling my husband the other day that you know, if I could get an MRI or a CAT scan every other week, I'd be doing right. it. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's not how this right. works. And that's a great point, Megan. And it's also important, which we've said multiple times, to make sure you have a care team, treatment team that supports you and your wishes. If you feel a certain type of bump or a lump or a stump or a pain, you should get a scan and you should get it looked at. I cannot stand when I have a symptom and it's blown off as normal when nothing about my situation is normal. That word really peeves me off. <laughs> so 
Just yeah. keep in mind uh, that the rate and risk for younger women getting cancer is lower, but when it does happen, it tends to be more aggressive. So never dismiss any concerning symptoms other than a palpable lump and myself feeling tired. I would not know I had cancer and I think I'm tired all of the time. So I can't really classify that as a, you know, for sure <laughs> symptom. But the fact was it did not go away, continued to grow over a period of time and was very hard. It's you just have this weird feeling. If you know, you know, ladies, I have always said that I trust a woman's gut and her intuition uh, more than pretty much anything. You know, so often we're made to feel crazy or you're just making this up. What proof do you have? Um, you know, I see that all the time in my work as a family law attorney, you know, whether that's, you know, abuse, child abuse, whatever women tend to get this gut feeling. Um, but then very often when we bring it up, we are dismissed as, you know, there's no proof and you must be crazy or, you know, just calm down. You're just making stuff up in your head. And I will say this over and over and over again always trust your gut if you think something may be wrong go just go get it looked at and then you have your answer right it's it's so super important we're not trying to dismiss anybody else's experience with cancer or breast cancer specifically or any other women who are older with cancer all we are trying to say is compared to older women, younger women generally face more aggressive cancers when they're diagnosed and lower survival rates. And through that, it's really easy to have a five-year survival rate when all of those patients are then not there in the next 15 years, right? And it makes the odds look really good. But a lot of women, because their symptoms are blown off or ignored, do not get diagnosed until the cancer has spread or has become really, really aggressive. And now they're diagnosed stage four de novo, which means the first time they're hearing that they have cancer, it's stage four. How painfully heartbreaking. <sighs> I couldn't imagine that. I, I really couldn't. And that's just due to a lack of you know, proactive and preventative care for our women out there and other people susceptible to getting breast cancer. And that's just not a good answer. That's not a good answer. No women, no woman under 40 should be getting diagnosed with breast cancer under 40, let alone stage four breast cancer under 40. Yeah. To me, that's a failure of the medical system and a failure on the medical system's part to acknowledge this huge change um you know from well let's just start thinking about it at 40 and i remember when my mom was going through it in like the late 90s early 2000s you know they didn't really think to even do a mammogram until 50. now it's down to i believe 40 um, but we still have a very large swath of the population that it's not even considered. And I can't tell you how many times I have heard about women going in and saying, hey, I found this lump, blah, blah, blah. And their doctors just dismissed it or, well, it's not cancer because you're too young. Um, you know, I, I can't wait until we have some doctors on the podcast to kind of ask them about that. And 
I guess, try to figure out why some doctors have caught up with this new information and these new uh, statistics and why others seem to kind of bury their head in the sand and dismiss it. Um, that could just be a personality thing between doctors. Um, it could also be, I don't know, a million other things. <laughs> I will, we will ask when the doctors are right. on. Yeah, no, as Megan and I, Megan and I have always said, cancer is very unique and individual to the person. And I think what we're really trying to do here is just highlight how much of a even bigger anomaly it is when you're under 40 and you're you are generally healthy especially when you have no family history especially when the rate in younger women is doubling in a course of less than five years these are just things we want everybody to look at we want to raise awareness to it so that way we can prevent it in the future because once we get to the point where we cannot sustain this and younger and younger women are dying and unfortunately losing their lives because of this, I, I don't think that we'll be able to forgive ourselves come come through that. I really don't. I agree. So to kind of wrap it up, you know, the regardless of what your stage is um, and what your treatment options are, the road to recovery is just bumpy, no matter how you slice it. Um, and sometimes the comments we hear can be equally bumpy. Um, I, I want to kind of throw out, this is not um, a sponsorship by any stretch. This is just sort of a plug that I found to be really helpful to kind of avoid those comments from people often very well-meaning, um, but incredibly unhelpful. And, you know, I was not in the mental space to handle their, um, well-meaning but thoughtless comments very often. So I um, got on this website called Give In Kind, and it there are a lot of other websites that do something similar. But in this um, website, basically what I was able to do is give people updates on my situation, on my condition. Here's how the mastectomy went. Here's what I'm struggling with right now. Here's specifically what I would love to have other people maybe help me out with, um, or Cody and I are struggling to get groceries on top of anything else. You know, you can kind of just throw it out to the masses, the masses being, you know, the friends and family that you invite to follow this page. And that way you don't have to explain over and over and over again to somebody where your mental space is at, how you're feeling on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and you can also let them know exactly how to help you. So I think, you know, maybe look at Given Kind or some sort of similar website because it really takes the pressure off to have those difficult conversations over and over and over again. So I, I had no problem telling obviously my husband or my parents about kind of the day to day with what was happening with me, but I couldn't imagine doing that with coworkers or friends or college friends, all that, you know, of course they want to know how you're doing, but sometimes I also think that there's, um, what did I see it called one time? Uh, grief tourism, 
where people want to talk to you and they want to know what's going on with you almost in kind of a nosy way, not because they Mm -hmm. sincerely want to help. So that's why I really liked that, um, that platform, the specifically give in kind, but there are other ones out there. Um, We'll be sure to link it. Yes, we'll definitely link it. So do your best to, um, you know, understand with love and understanding and support that people are very often trying to help. And I think that we need to give them specific ways to help or just let them come up with something good. You know, it's not your job to tell people how to help you. I mean, we all have really good imaginations. If you could put yourself in somebody's shoes for even 10 minutes, I'm sure that people out there could come up with a really helpful way to assist. Right. Um, And that also goes into be proactive about everything if you ask me in life, but especially your health uh, and especially if you're under 40. Early detection can save your life, so know your breasts and talk to your healthcare provider about the symptoms that you're feeling. Exactly. So listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Tits Up. Um, We hope that this was valuable, that you came up with some good ideas from this. And, um, you know, just remember to always protect your peace. If you gain peace from talking to people about it, then do that. If you gain peace from kind of just staying in your own bubble, don't isolate because that can lead to bigger problems, but find other ways to communicate with people, maybe in mass um, through a website like that. And just, it's kind of a tough way to end it, but you know, you are not invincible um, regardless of the fact that you are young. Stay on top of it. Right. And if you're one of our fellow survivors, know that you're not alone and your journey is uniquely yours, just like you. Until next time, keep those tits up and we'll catch you on the next episode. Also, follow us on social media to stay in the loop. Connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at Tits Up Podcast uh, for the latest episodes, hilarious memes, and a dose of inspiration. Tits up, ladies. We are not medical professionals, and we are not giving medical advice. Everyone's experience with cancer is very different, and just because we did something one way does not mean that it is necessarily the way that you should do it. If you have any questions about your health and well-being, please contact your doctor.